first ever edition podcast issue. I don't know what you call them these days. Uh, anyways, the first one of Distant Stations, a show where we only talk about the mountain goats, unless we talk about other stuff, of course, which is pretty likely, I suppose. Uh, right off the bat, I need to apologize for using the same intro music as uh, I only listen to the Mountain Goats podcast, which I'm sure you've all listened to, because why wouldn't you have? Uh, but it's going to be a, a, a thing that I'll, I've been planning on doing, and that whoever I'm talking to, will um, I'll use the music of the Mountain Goats reference that's closest to where they're from, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I'm from Leeds, here in the UK, so uh, that's pretty much bang on the money. Um I'm hoping to get these out once every couple of weeks. I've got a list of you uh, who are, of guests who will be coming on to join us, uh, co-host with me, if you will. And um, I've got, you know, we'll be just talking about mountain goats, basically. I've got like a, and learning about people, learning about what, uh, what it is that, why it is that such a diverse bunch of probably misfits <laughs> uh, all, uh, all sort of gravitate towards the mountain goats. So yeah, my name's Mark. Uh, I'm 38. They like say I'm from Leeds in Yorkshire, here in the UK, and I've been listening to the Mountain Goats for nearly 20 years, I suppose. Hang on, that can't be right, can it? We'll work it out. We'll work it out. So um, my first introduction to the Mountain Goats was in I uh, was at university, so it must have been. 2004 I want to say because I've been there I've been there you know it wasn't my first year at university and I was in um, the record store there which was called Andy's Records uh, and I used to go there all the time just hang out and you know pick up records and this and that and I've always been um, it must have been 2005 I suppose actually now I think about it 2005 so there you go 17 years is that right? My mass is shit. I apologize. So, um, I, I know I've always sort of come up like I was into hardcore and metal and, you know, extreme metal and that sort of stuff. And, um, I, I was in Andy's records one day and he was playing the Sunset Tree, which had just come out. And I heard, I, I think it was up the wolves. And, I must have been flush with uh, flush with student loan money that day, and I was buying whatever. I was buying some nonsense record, and I said, "Oh, and whatever this is playing now, I'll take this too." And that was it. I was off. Soon as uh, you, your memory came on, I've, I've been hooked ever since. I would wager that I've listened to the Mountain Goats almost every day since. You know, a couple of after about a month of listening to that religiously, then I started you know getting into you know learning about the mountain goats and things and I think I picked up we shall all be healed next and I spent a bit of time with that one and then get lonely came out and that was the first record I had bought as it came out and I this this began a a, a thing with me where whenever a new mountain goats record comes out <laughs> this sounds so bad. I I initially am disappointed and I don't particularly like it. And I'm like, well, what's he doing? And then the more I listen to it, after a bit, it will become my favorite record. That's happened so many times. Uh, at Goths, for example, when Goths came out, I was like, what is going on here? This is not what 
I want from a new Mountain Goats record or what I thought I wanted. Um, although put out, what did he put out? Rain in Soho, I think, as an early, like a teaser. And I was like, that's great. That's what I wanted. And then the rest of the album, just I, at first I was like, I don't get it. It didn't do it for me. And then bit by bit, now Goss is one of my favorite records. It's weird, isn't it? I just kind of, you just got to trust trust John sometimes, I suppose, was was my lesson with that. So yeah, so since then, I mean, it's 2022 as I record this. And, you know, I've like a lot of you probably have just, it's sort of become the only thing you really, obviously you listen to other bands and styles and, artists and whatnot but it's just been an absolute constant a background ever since that day like literally so uh the, the reason i'm doing that so i should say that the reason i'm doing this is th these are the they've got like a set of sort of questions or like leading topics that we'll be going through with other people and i thought i'd just as the first episode i'd get mine out of the way so i don't keep butting in and interrupting people when we're talking i'll probably do that still anyway but um so that's yeah that's just uh an overview of my overall history and how i came to be in, into the mountain goes so if i had to choose my top five albums i think i would go number five is get lonely now i don't know if this is that thing that when you favorite they always say you when you you know you as a an Iron Maiden fan like you always really like the first album you bought after becoming a fan and that's my experience with Get Lonely although again like I say when it first came out I wasn't sure about it and then actually at that time I went through a, a breakup and I was living in in Aberystwyth which is a little Welsh seaside town and I was working in a pub on the seafront and uh, my girlfriend at the time left, she went back to Birmingham. And so Get Lonely, like all of a sudden became the most important thing, you know, in the world to be like, because it was like the gray waves outside the window and everything. And Get Lonely really was really resonant. And that's uh, something that has, yeah, put, um, put a spin on that record for me that I still love it to this day. It's not very upbeat. And if I've been through breakups since, my rule is always do not listen to Get Lonely. It will make things <laughs> temporarily worse until you start to feel better. Then you can listen to it and it gets better again. But So my fourth favorite record would be The Sunset Tree. Uh, it's, it's, I know it's like that's like saying never mind your favorite Nirvana record, but it's, it's, it is that good though, isn't it? It's fantastic from from start to finish. Uh, Up the Wolves especially was always my favorite. In fact, I have a, a a chaos core band named When the Wolf Comes Home. After that, and I have a When the Wolf Comes Home tattoo as well. Uh, so that's all come from that. And that. Obviously, that was my first introduction to the Mountain Goats. So it's it's hard to not be um, be so not uh, in awe of that record. It's. Yeah, start to finish. I mean, it's got this year on, obviously, and we've we've probably all heard that enough times now. But I still never skip it when it comes on in the car. If you know what I mean, and and it's always fun to see it live, isn't it? Um, my uh, let's see, was the Sunset Tree my th third favorite? Would be Tallahassee. 
And uh, I'm aware these are all from the same era, but and that's not to say it's above or below. It's just it seems to be the ones my, my favorite era. Uh, and Tallahassee was. It's another quite personal one. The same the same girl that left me in Wales. We sort of got back together, and I moved to Birmingham to go live with her. And uh, it was just a, it was a dreadful oh it was a dreadful relationship. Those yeah it was. Uh, yeah, I was getting bullied quite a lot, basically in there. Uh, you know, it was it was what it was. But Tallahassee was because um, it was a, a time I was working my way back through, you know, the Mount Guts catalog, of which even then was voluminous. So this was a time when I was I, was, I had Tallahassee on CD in the car a lot, and um, obviously documents a dysfunctional relationship, and that's exactly where I was at the time. And then uh, I used to have to drive to work. I worked on a golf course being a greenkeeper. And I used to have to drive to work, and every day I'd have to drive past the motorway that would say I drive under it. Anyone who's from the UK, no spaghetti junction. Anyway, I had to drive under there. And there was always the big sign that said M6 North. And at the other end of that motorway was where it was home. Every day I wanted to take that left turn and go on that motorway. And every day I didn't. And then the day I did leave... I found out some things and I decided while she was at work, I was going to pack up my stuff and, and get out of there. I left a little post-it note on the fridge that just said, I think I'll go home now. And I put all my stuff in the car. And that day I got to indicate left and drive up the M6. And just as I got on the M6, there was no traffic. The sun was out and no children came on. And I, w- I remember I was so elated, and, you know, banging the steering wheel and singing along. Oh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds so bleak now in retrospect, but, that was generally most one of the one of the happiest memories I have. Uh, oh, that sounds even bleaker. I, don't, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, okay, anyway, my second favorite record is "We Shall All Be Healed." This would be the second Mountain Goose record I ever listened to, and maybe that plays into it a bit. I don't know, but it's. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic record, start to finish. It's it's inventive. It's it's experimental for the mountain goats it's got lots of um it's got a lot of passion on it. it's got a hint of the lo-fi stuff uh it tells great stories it's evocative uh, it's got pigs that run straight away into the water on it and that's a banger we shall all be healed yeah fantastic record uh what's um garden grove home again oh great stuff and my number one favorite record by the Mountain Goats is the Coroner's Gambit, and this would have been when was I listening to this? This would have been when I was working on the golf course, so I was still in the midst of that dreadful time, and I don't know why this this record would have particularly become my favorite, but I just think, I mean, Jaipur, Elijah. Into Trick Mirror, Island Garden Song, Carol's got Baboon, Scotch Grove, Family Happiness, Onions, There'll Be No Divorce, Insurance Fraud, Alphonse Mamba. It's just, it, it's all my favorite Mountain Girls songs are on this record. Is that true? That might not be particularly true, but overall, like, the, again, when it, when I've got like um, Mountain Goats discography just shuffling, you know, in the car or whatever, anytime anything from Coroners comes on, I'm like, yeah this is a banger and it's never getting skipped and it's never not awesome 
so yeah, I think the coroner's gambit for me is is the f- my favorite mountain goats record, and it's one that I didn't even notice was because I would have always said sunset tree or we shall all be healed or Tallahassee until I noticed that all these favorite songs happened to be on coroner's gambit, and that was that favorite boom so this next topic is one that obviously we can all but it'll change a bit because it's top five songs right now because obviously i've we listened to so much markets probably collectively that it it's hard to say favorite songs ever because if you're like me they change all the time so right now my number five is song for dana plato always been one of my favorites um i like the drop and i've always liked at the start the line um the unmistakable scent of brilliantine. I've always loved that. Um, obviously, part of John's m- m- mild obsession with child stars, but it is a it's a great song. Uh, number four, "Beat the Devil." Uh, this one, there's just something about that opening melody. You know that hauling being a blood crank through Arizona. There's that whole melody in that's just fantastic. I might insert a clip of that there so you don't have to listen to me singing. It just that's if someone said to me what's a perfect example of a mountain god song, I would play them Beat the Devil. My third favourite would be at the moment, of course, uh Going Invisible. Uh the first one. Not the one obviously on Illegal Dragons. I've just always loved it. It's a very long song for John. Um, and it always reminds me of the character from Wolf and a White Van as well. I don't know if there's a connection there or something, but it's 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 always the melody, the pathos with it, and the, the, the story of it I've always really enjoyed. Number two from the Black Pear Tree EP, Super Genesis. Obviously, the story of uh, uh, Super Genesis. Yeah, the story of... Uh, well, it's never expressly written as Satan in the Bible, but the story of the serpent, the the serpent of Genesis, obviously, and, and how he feels about being turned into a snake, I think. Yeah. That's probably what it's about. Anyway, it's about being a snake. It's banging and he eats a mouse. Uh, and my favourite song at the moment is Cobb's Cook Bay. Always been one of my favourites. A fun little one to sing along with. And I've always really liked the line uh, in California where I've never been. I don't know why that where I've never been always resonates with me. Uh, any favourite lines from these songs? Again, I don't want to ramble on too much on this first episode because we will come to these. Uh, another topic we might go into would be a song which takes you back to a time or place. The whoa, the one I would have for this, see a lot of this stuff is tied in with this shitty relationship I was in at a time. And Cold Milk Bottle, always from there. Um, oh, uh, oh, what's the song called? 
you, you guys are all screaming it now. Only not because I've told you what it is yet. Uh, Daddy playing Tolstoy in the machine. I had no idea what it meant. Uh, guess I'm supposed to figure things. No go for expanding vision anymore. Hang on, that's on the coroner's gambit, isn't it? Family happiness, of course. Of course, it's family happiness. No, I'm going to leave that in. Well, I'm going to leave that in now. Um, yeah, these these are ones that were real steering wheel thumpers back in the day. And besides that. I would have to think about that. I'm sure it'll come up during the course of the show as we go. Uh, any underrated albums? I would say Get Lonely is an underrated album. You don't hear it spoken about a lot. And it's one of my favourites, and it should be. And a second would be, I think, All Eternal's Deck is an underrated record. And... Um, Damn these vampires, great opener. Estate sale sign, banger. Uh, High Hawk Season, lovely. Birth of Serpents, Age of Kings, Liza Forever Manelli, Sol. Uh, I was trying to pronounce Sodwa. Uh, for Charles Bronson, Prowl Great Kane. I've just listed songs off the thing now, innit? I could live without Never Quite Free, to be honest. It always felt a bit unmountain goatsy to me. Uh, but that's a uh, definitely an underrated album, I think. Has he ever play any of these anymore? He might do Damn These Vampires. And you know what? I think I've seen him do a state sale sign and maybe Prowl. But I don't think I've seen the rest. I might have seen Never Quite Free. Anyway, this is just me rambling again now. So let's get back up the list of questions. Uh, oh, now I, I was debating whether to put in this sort of thing, but I think we're all grown ups and we can decide for ourselves. It's our least favorite albums. That doesn't mean they're bad, there's gold on everything, and it's okay to have favorites. We're not calling anyone an idiot if they like these records. So for me, my least favourite records, I've only got a couple. I wasn't keen on getting into Knives. Now, I, it might this, it's still relatively new, obviously, so it might become my favourite record in, uh, in the next year or so. And you know what? Now I look at the track listing. I, I like Koskin Mastiff Stride. Eh, get famous. I'll sing along with it. Picture of my dress I love. As many candles as possible I like a lot. Tidal Wave's great. Pez Dorado's great. You know what? What it was? Why don't I think I like this record? Because now I look at the track listing. It's all pretty gold. There's, there's the great gold sheep I could do without. And potentially... Harbour me, but you know what? I mean, that, I mean, to say it's, it might be one of my least favorite records, it's still absolutely great, isn't it? Now, we'll look at the track listing. See, maybe I think let me look at Transcendental because I've never really got along with Transcendental Youth before. 
and now I look at that track listing. Again, they're kind of all bangers, aren't they? I could live without memory of Satan. And Amy. I think I, maybe I just listened to that too much, though. That's not the song's fault. Yeah, they're all bangers, too. And from the older stuff... Um, I mean, so Piloti, or however, we're going to have lots of debates about how to pronounce that. I like that f for its rawness. Um, what about Galesburg? Let me look at the track listing from Galesburg live, Googling with Mark. Full force. Galesburg. Oh, see, this has got bangers on as well. Snow Owl, Maze Stark. Anyway, so maybe that's not right. And the second album that I had listed down here for ones I wasn't particularly keen on was In League With Dragons, which I'm now completely prepared to admit is potentially the best album that's ever come out. Tom Bleeding's great, Youngest great. Sakes, great. Clemency for the Wizard Kings, all right. I love Possum by Night. In League with Dragons, good. Not keen on Doc Gooden. Going Invisible is great. Wayland Jennings is really great. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Okay, so it turns out I don't have any least favorite records. But if I had to choose and rank them. I guess they will be down there. Oh, we'll have to do a big ranking one day. We'll have a World Cup or something. So then the next and final topic I'll be talking about today is the Mountain Jokes live. The Mountain Jokes, I said then, didn't I? The Mountain Goats, of course. And so the first time I saw them was, let me think, it would have been in 2008. Yes, 2008. It was in between Get Lonely and Heretic Pride. So, hang on. Live Googling with Mark Howes. The Mountain Girls. Discography. Is that right? 2008. Why does he put this in autumn? No, do uh, let's see, Get Lonely. Okay, it would have probably been in 2007 then, because Heretic Pride came out early 2008. So yeah, it would have been, yeah, 2007, and it was in Manchester. And Amy the Great was opening, and she was great, actually. I wonder what happened to her. She did that one, that great record, Um, what was it called? First Love. That's a really great record. And then she married the guy from Ash and wandered off somewhere, in a sense. Um, so there was a great moment of that show where John played... Um, uh, Baby Sprout Wings. And he just played it. He unplugged his guitar and he came away from the mic and he just walked through the crowd, played Baby Sprout Wings, and you could hear a pin drop. It was fucking awesome. And I've seen him probably... So countless times since then. Every time he comes to the UK, I try to <laughs> follow the tour around a little bit. So I've seen him in London, I've seen him in Brighton, I've seen him in Glasgow, I've seen him in 
Leeds a bunch of times, obviously, because that's where I'm at. Um, I'm actually going to watch him in Amsterdam on this upcoming tour. So that'll be cool. Uh, I've got any cool stories from the shows. I mean, I've, I've managed to, you know, meet him a couple of times, but I, I just feel a bit awkward. I don't really know what to say, you know, because he doesn't know who I am. I always feel a little bit awkward about it. Like, it's nice to go and say hello and, you know, have a little interaction. But, uh, yeah, I feel a little awkward about it. Like, I don't I don't really know what I want from him. <laughs> like, he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't owe me anything anyway. He's given me enough. So, yeah, you know, I've got a photograph with him and stuff like that, but... I'm happy to stay out of the way, really. Like, it's, it's yeah. Uh, oh, I suppose I don't, I, there's one recording somewhere, of, uh, I, I don't know who filmed it, but it's on YouTube, Baboon Leads, and it's me that actually yells out, Baboon! And he plays Baboon, he goes, yes, good shout. And Owen oh, in Brighton once, uh, he asked for requests, and I said Dana Plato, and he played Dana Plato. And we made, we maintained a, manly yet awkward eye contact during the drop that you know in situations like these drop um oh and another cool moment was uh the brood and in leeds they used to do that cover um it's called like house guest or something and there was a lyric in it something like it's nice to know how much you mean to him or something like that and you know john used to like take the guitar off and just sing that you know just loose with the microphone and when he did that bit, he was sort of nearly in front of me and he put his hand on my shoulder when he sang that bit. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Because uh, obviously, I guess he's sort of used to seeing my stupid face at a lot of these shows. Uh, so that's that's the mountain goes. Oh, and no, what I forgot one. I went to the Barbican in London to see him do the one with Anonymous 4. And oh, fuck me. So they came out, Anonymous 4, and did like their, uh, like, I don't even know, you can play, it's like acapella chamber music. And they did all that. And then John came out and did a little set just by himself. And he ended his set with uh, Ezekiel 7. And I've never seen him play that before. And it absolutely knocked me on my ass. And I was, you know, when you just get that swell of feeling and I kind of started crying. And then Anonymous 4 came out and they did their merged up thing which God, i wish there was a recording of that and it was just the most beautiful thing i've ever heard in my life and i cried for about 45 minutes it was a bit embarrassing because everyone was trying to enjoy this thing it was like a sit-down gig in like a proper theater and i was there <laughs> blubbering my way through it god i was i mean it was great that that was also a little bit embarrassing um so there you go there you go that's uh my general experience with the Mount Goats, obviously we're going to get into a lot more of this as we go along. So um, I'm going to try and get these out once every couple of weeks. If you want to be a guest, uh, I don't actually have any social setup yet, but I will do by the time this is out. So I will you know, just have to wait until the second one and I can tell you what they are, I suppose. Um, and another thing I want to try and get going, if we can, if there's a you know, an, an audience for this at all. Oh, it doesn't really matter, does it, as long as we're having fun. Uh, if anyone's done any covers, or if anyone wants to work on a cover of a Mountain Goat song, like a slightly different, something out of the box a little bit, you know, not just a, a straight-up copy, that'd be cool. And I'll uh, try and end every show with a, a cover if I can. If anyone's got any, or anyone knows any cool ones that I can, you know, uh, pull, pull in off the internet, I'll do that. And I'm going to try and... Get one I've done on now as I go out. This is um, 
my version of Collapsing Stars if it was sung by Tom Waits. So uh, if you don't, if that sounds shit, like turn it off now and I'll see you next time. And uh, otherwise, I hope you like it and I'll be back in a couple of weeks, I hope, with our first guest. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This has been Distant Stations, named by the uh, Mountain Guts Forum Discussion Group on Facebook. Check that out if you can. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you all next time. Thank you so much. Bye now.